Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. Before we dive into who our guest is today, Joe's going to remind us of our show's purpose. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, Welcome to Searching for Service. This is a podcast that explores how to serve and connect in today's world through Rotary. Here we share inspiring stories and have great guests on um, to really help us grow the service community. So join us on our journey of fellowship and impact. Awesome. That's really good. (laughs) What do you expect? Come on. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> we have yet again another special guest on, um, and today it is Bernice Cunningham. He is the executive director and founder of Planting Change Foundation. Welcome, Bernice. Thank you so much. It's a big honor to be here and work with the Rotarians around the world. Yeah, well, it's an honor to have you on our show as well. Um, before we really dive into you, can you just give our listeners just a, a little brief recap of that connection as a Rotarian partner to Planting Change Foundation? Yes, well, the history begins with a well. And there was a project that Rotarians were trying to build in uh, Nicaragua. I'm, I'm currently in Managua, Nicaragua. I'm from Central America. And uh, we start talking with the LIFT program, the Rotarians from Minnesota. And uh, we start talking about this well project that we already built, and that's how the connection starts. Since then, we have met uh, a lot of group of them visiting to Nicaragua, and I went back to Minnesota and, and talking a lot of clubs. So we have a really strong relationship and we're really aligned with the Rotarians' values. Wonderful. That's really great. So in this first segment, we love to have our listeners get to know who our guest is. And so um, I guess the first question that we have is, you you touched on it, but where exactly is it that you grew up? Where I grew up? Yes. Okay, so I grew up in Granada, Nicaragua. This is a small town by a lake, and it's a really familiar Catholic small city type where you could walk to school as a kid and come back where uh, there's really small crime. It's a really, really peaceful life. So I grew up there in a, I'm a small town guy type of person, and I live in, in my country here in Nicaragua. So that's where I grew up. Wonderful. Very cool. Very cool. And where uh, you know, I was reading about your background a little bit, and it looks like you you branched out and uh, and have done done a lot uh, from what, since you grew up. So tell us a little bit more about your background and your journey to uh, uh, eventually starting and, and founding the foundation. Okay, so everything started uh, when I was in third year of law school, and my dream was to be a business lawyer and to wear a suit and to be in an office with a lot of glasses. So when I was in third year of law school, I, I went to an internship in this big law firm. And uh, the first hour that I was in my dream job, I, I understood that I hate it, <laughs> that I hate every second, <laughs> that That's I fine. hate wearing these clothes. <laughs> That was that was not comfortable. That the shoes was not comfortable. That the work was very boring, and I just hate everything of it. 
And uh, you know that that is like when we I, now I call it wishful thinking, and it's these things that we wish we like, but when we do it, we really yeah. don't like it. Yeah. And that we think that we imagine in our imagination. So I really hate to be business uh, business law and the, the the not humane things, the 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 the, the not strong values of that sector of the law. And I I just didn't I couldn't take it, so I went in a big crisis, and I I, I just. I just, I was thinking I, I, I choose the wrong career, law. But then, um, a lake, we have a big lake in, uh, in my city that it, it was a lot of garbage. They were dumping a lot of garbage. And, uh, we understood that that was very dumb to do to destroy your water resources, especially in a, in a country that will, will need it for climate change. So we, we decide, we, we, we talk with my friends and we say, if if we don't do something about it, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. And if it's not now, when is going to be? So with that, those two two questions that we reflect on, I start a journey that I didn't I didn't know it at that moment, but I start a journey in environmental law, and it has been the biggest journey of my life. And then I I, I re reload my career representing water, representing the most vulnerable communities and representing uh, all the injustice uh, of the world was the uh, mission of my life. So when you when you find your mission of your life, you don't work another day in your life. Wow, that is so, so good. And so many, like, I want to go off on so many tangents, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. It's pretty great. Like, you should applaud yourself for recognizing that it didn't work right away and you didn't gut it out for a long period of time and get stuck where it sounds like how long did it take you to when you kind of change directions in law to um, discovering the, the lake and the, the pollution issue and, and stuff like that? Was it mm-hmm. quick or was there was there a dark time where you just <clears throat> were lost? <laughs> Okay, uh, hating my job, it took me one hour. <laughs> and after I start. Um, changing the journey, it, it took me three months. Okay. It took me three, wow. three, dark, three dark months. That's it was say- a, lot, a long time before I find the lake, but yeah, it was three months in that job. Uh, that's okay. that's still remarkably quick. I mean, a complete, yeah. complete awakening of, of like, well, oh crap. <laughs> what I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm going to tie this to Rotary and just the kind of the values that they stand are stand on it's very evident in your story Bernice, that you understood what your core values were um and and understood that going this particular path with business law wasn't going to align with that and that there was something else better it sounds like a lot of the values that you hold are very much in line with those of rotary Hence, <laughs> the Rotarian partnership <laughs> with Planting Change Foundation. So that was my little like tangential, but not really. When did you start the foundation? Uh, how long ago? Okay, so um, this 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 uh, uh, time that I was talking about the lake, it was two thousand nine, and then I I we do the cleanup of the lake. And then we start, I start working in another NGO. I started working in 2012 to 2014. Then I founded an organization in Nicaragua that is called the Nicaragua Center of Environmental Conservation. And we worked during a lot of years, during a lot of good work, like uh, 
um, banning plastic bags from schools, banning all single-use plastic schools. We're very focused in uh, in education because we think no, nobody thinks in the long term. Everybody wants to think in the short term. But but we say like we're going to do the the, the job that nobody else wants to do. So we started the long term, and we were a very strong Nicaraguan organization. But in 2018, you know, I live in Latin America where. The, our, our politics is wild. So in 2018, we have like a really unrest and, uh, and the country went to the drain economics and it was a big social break in my country. So our organization had to close in 2018 and going uh, uh, to zero. And I, I had to went to the U.S. for a little bit. And uh, in 2019, after I thought that everything was over, I met some. Uh, I went to a World Environmental Law uh, meeting in Eugene, Oregon, and they asked us what do you need to continue. And uh, they gave us the Planting Change Foundation. It was founded in Eugene, Oregon, in 2019. And since then, we we start a new journey after this disaster in 2020, Then. Um, we, we rebuilt the organization in 2020 and everything was great and we were great again. And we had all our plans, beautiful plans. And then COVID came and COVID teaches that you going to zero again. So I think one of the, the biggest things that I could take about the unrest in 2018 and about COVID, uh, two things. First thing in 2018, when we went to zero, the Planting Change Foundation uh, appeared. And in COVID, when we have nothing else to do, we have to stay home, we write our biggest project. So mm. every time that I see a disaster now or a crisis, I say, hmm, opportunities. Mm. So and really going good. to zero is always an opportunity to grow. And you don't need to get sad or depressed because uh, disasters are really opportunities uh, behind that. Oh. Man, I feel like I'm getting a life lesson right Very now from nice. you, Bertus. <laughs> yeah that's that's crazy like so so did uh did you have to flee the country or did you just choose to leave i choose to leave i choose to leave a lot of people have to went out of the country we're still in a lot of problems for that you're not allowed to talk too much about it so i will not comment too much on on the politics Mm -hmm. of it because it's it's really complex you just have to imagine cuba russia nicaragua venezuela and you, if you if you keep your opinion, your politics opinions are really low. It's better for yeah. for for you. So I had I had to to leave the country and start over from zero, basically from zero. Just just imagine if your organization goes to zero, and mm-hmm. all our donors call us in one week and tell us it's gone. Like the whole country it was not just my organization. The whole country went to drains for this for this unrest. Huh. That's. Interesting. Pretty crazy and something that we can probably dive into a little bit more in the, this next segment too. Um, yeah, I want to learn more too about uh, as you launch what the what the core values and mission was as as you got going because it mm-hmm. sounds like you had a couple had the vision and a couple stop starts that uh, had to get you going. So um, yeah, we'll get to it after the break. That sounds good. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk, and I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back.
Up your game and show off your Rotary Club spirit. Did you know there's a one-stop shop for all things Rotary apparel? Russell Hampton Company is the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary branded merchandise. From apparel like hats, jackets, and shirts to banners, tents, and awards, they have it all. And most things are customizable. And they can handle orders of all sizes. Russell Hampton Company also has deep connections to Rotary. In 1920, the company founder was part of Rotary Club Number 1 in downtown Chicago. Russell Hampton Company models their business on the Rotary 4-Way Test and gives back 10% of all purchases to Rotary, supporting its global work. So the next time you and your club are out on a service project, arrive with the right swag from Russell Hampton Company to promote your club and Rotary. Even non-Rotarians will want some of your cool hats, shirts, and jackets. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to walk outside? Will it be a goodwill and better friendship? Is it the truth? Is it fair to walk outside? Will it be beneficial to walk outside? Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I am Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on all of your favorite platforms and... And you find us by looking us up by putting in Searching for Service. (laughs) (laughs) You can get us on your favorite podcasting platforms and we also have a YouTube channel and we love five-star reviews and you can like and share. That's right. (laughs) We got this. It's fun to have the three of us here. If you are tuning in for the first time, we have Bernice Cunningham. He is the executive director of Planting Change Foundation. And you're probably wondering, what exactly is Planting Change Foundation? Well, this segment, we're going to dive into that. (laughs) So last segment, we uh, took the opportunity to get to know Bernice a little bit more in depth. And uh, I think for this one, let's start off with what is planting change. Hello, thank you. Um, So the Planting Change Foundation was born with one simple idea, that we're going to connect all the U.S. resources, capacity, and knowledge with the grassroots organizations of Latin America. And we're going to build these organizations for two reasons, the conservation of the environment and the human sustainable development. In our vision, conservation of the environment and human sustainable development are not two things that have to fight each other. Mm -hmm. For example, if we go to a community uh, that is is poor or have lack of opportunities and they have a lot of natural resources, the the first thing that uh, a group of people think is let's take all these resources and make money, but then you have no more resources because you exploded them. But 
if your business is to conservate these uh, resources, is better. For example, ecotourism. There's a type of tourism that the only thing that they want is walking a mountain that's nothing built, and you could charge uh, a fee to go to go into you. You have some of the renewable energy sector too that it could be a business and it will uh, decrease the emissions of of carbon dioxide. So you have a lot of examples where you could combine income because let's be sincere at the end of the day poor people need income that's basically what they need we could talk about a lot of things and and charity but the worst thing that you could do with the poor is giving stuff for free because you hurting their dignity if you do that you hurting their dignity and you creating a worse problem that, that is assistentialism. So one thing that we have clear when we start our organization is that we're not going to be an assistance assistance uh, organization. So what basically what we do, we, we go to very vulnerable communities. We focus on the rural areas and we understand, study and ask the people. The most important thing is ask the people because you don't know. You have no clue what to do. They know. They really know what, what they need to do. So they tell us, uh, we, we need you to help us build this well. This will change. Uh, the kids will have water. The kids will, will go to school. It will have the economics. People, So we go and build a well. Other people tell us we need agriculture because we have this land and we need to sell. So we go, we build the agricultures. We connect them with the markets. And But we have a very clear uh, setup that uh, vulnerable people need income, need a higher income. So that's... That's a little bit of, of the of the thing of the planting change. But I will explain now. We have four programs. Uh, one program is for leadership. We focus on youth leadership, and we basically teach them how to administrate the natural resources of their community. The other program is a water lab. We have a water lab facility, a big water lab. Uh, it's a big project that we could test water, physical, chemical, and bacteriological tests where we go test vulnerable communities, what is their quality of water, and we connect that with 2,800 students in the elementary school. So a kid from six years old or seven years old could run a sophisticated research paper with the help of uh, of specialist biologics, environmental and uh, universities, because we want to create uh, in these small uh, ages the research capacity. Then we have the agricultural one that we basically give seeds and and try to disappear the intermediary of agriculture and connect them directly with the markets. And that's that's our programs. So so a lot of what you do is running alongside of these organizations or these communities and and saying, you know, you have an agricultural need. Okay, let's test your water, let's test let's test what kind of crops that you can grow and then help them get access to those crops and then it sounds like that you help them also get get access to secondary markets where they can sell the product. So you're kind of creating an ecosystem for them that they can sustain. That that kind of removes the requirement of you long term. Is that right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The first thing that we go when we go to a vulnerable community, we we're very we have a very strong speech. We tell them this project is not our project. Like we have water in our house. This well is your well. 
you need to to responsible so what we what we are facilitators of 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 the process and now that we're working in agriculture it's the same thing we tell them we're going to give you the seeds but you have to put it you have to grow it and we're going to help you connect with the market so basically yes we're we're a facilitator of income to poor poor communities do you have a favorite kind of story of a, a success story that you guys have accomplished do you have one that kind of sticks out to you Yes, I want to talk about this Rotarian project. It's a well in El Corozo. So this community w- was with without water for almost 20 years. No water. They have to walk two kilometers at, the, at 3 a.m. to get water. So they were very uh, focused on getting this well. We went to, in the community, and this project has everything against. It was too expensive because the water was too, too deep. And the, the politics of it was very hard and it was really hard to break. But when we tell the people, this is not our well, this is your well, everything changed. Everything, everything, the dynamics changed. So uh, make it sure that now the well has been built with the help of uh, the Rotarians. And right now, uh, this, uh, this project was built by the community and the community administrate the waters, not the government. So in Nicaragua, we have CAPS that means Community Commission to Administrate Water. And this CAPS is a model CAPS for Nicaragua. Right now, they have $5,000. It might not sound a lot for the U.S. Uh, um, context, but for a poor community with low income, have $5,000 in reserves to, to come to water is, is, is an amazing, an amazing history. And now, um, one of the things that touched me a lot is the old people that they, they, they told me some people die mm-hmm. waiting for this project. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so happy that my kids will grow up different. Like when, when we talk about water, you know, it's very easy for us not to imagine how it's to live without water. But mm-hmm. I dare you to cut your water off your house for one week and you will, you will understand how hard your life is when it, when it's water. So I think this is an example where if you empower, because we could do another thing, just go and give the wealth to the people and leave. Right. But that, that would not be sustainable. So one of the big things that I that, that, that I love from the projects, I we always say to my team, when the people doesn't need you anymore, then is when your project is success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you could say your project is success. So these people doesn't need us anymore. They have their own money. They have their own income. Everything is in order. So for me, that's a successful project when they, when you don't need to be intervening in the community anymore and when the project make their own income. So that's one of the uh, histories that I like the most. Do you guys stay in touch with the communities over time? Like what's the, what's the touch points look like, you know, as they take over the project, as they, you know, take over the sustainability of the the long term success of that program. What does your involvement still look like along the way? I mean, do you guys check up on the project or, you know, have points of contact? Yes, we always we always uh, have a, a a contact with the community, both as an advisor, mm-hmm. as an advisor, not as an. We don't resolve any of their issues. Like the other day, they call us. Oh, our computer break. That's your problem. That's not our problem. Mm-hmm. You go and fix your computer. Because because that is the only way that if in, for some reason we're not able to go, they will they will be it's, it's like the history of your kid. 
You know, if you if you give money to your kid until he's 45, it's going to be very hard. So he survived the real world. So that's that's one small example with their computer. But we help them with other things like legal stuff or complex stuff, or if they want to learn more that. Uh, this year we concentrate in accounting, 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 accounting. And the other thing that we're concentrating a lot is emotional education. Because let's be sincere, we, we basically are lead by our emotions. When you're mad, your decisions will be completely different than when you're happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they completely change your decisions in life. So we are focusing a lot in the in these poor communities with emotional education and financial education. Those are the two key aspects that we're trying to to improve in communities that that, that are vulnerable. But uh, first, to answer a short question, we are after we deliver the project, we just advisors. Great, okay. that's awesome. Uh, you talked a little bit uh, about the youth interaction, and in, in, uh, you kind of just breezed. How do you inter- interact with the youth? And you know, I know that's a huge component of what you do. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, the youths are a very amazing part of our program because this is the long-term results that we were saying. We we preparing the the new generations. So we have this program that calls Seeds of Democracy, and basically what we do in Seeds of Democracy is leadership. Uh, to the youth could administrate the water resources and the natural resources. And we have seen kids of 14 years old to resolve complex problems in their community. Like, for example, in San Juan de Mombacho, their pump break. And the ones that lead the process to replace the pump was the 14, 15, and 16-year-old youths that make letters to the major and went to the major and talked to them. Obviously, not all the kids will have this leadership, but we identify the ones that have more potential uh, of leadership. One of the things that we're focusing on this part of the project is immigration. And I want to talk about immigration. And one of the worst things that could happen in our countries is immigration, is that the people leave. They usually leave to the U.S. And one thing that I really want uh, like the audience to understand is people doesn't want to leave to the U.S., they don't want to go. They're mm-hmm. just desperate because they don't have an opportunity here in their country. Like, this is the last resource. And they leave their families. They leave their kids. They go crying. When they live here, they go crying. They don't, they, they don't adapt to the U.S. very, very fast. You know, different culture, different language, different geography. They far from their families. So it's a huge sacrifice for them to leave our country and everybody lose. And, our country lose because we lose uh, natural research. We lose uh, capital, human capital. The U.S. lose because they have these uh, persons that doesn't have uh, all the all the things that they need to survive in their society. So it's a lose, lose, lose for everybody in the in the immigration process. So we are very focusing this year and this 2023, 2024 to stop immigration. That's one of the things that we want to focus the most to keep the families united. And a lot of the of the ones that are leaving are the kids, are the are the youths uh, leaving to the U.S. or leaving to Costa Rica to, to look for opportunities. So basically what we're doing is, <clears throat> sorry, investing in youth businesses. 
we invest in a restaurant. Now the restaurant in one year is completely sustainable. We uh, invest like uh, around $3,000 in this first first uh, stage. And we give a loan with no interest. And they could pay in a little uh, small fees, like $50 per month, let's say. After one year that they have their business, we have uh, right now three pilot businesses. And the three pilot businesses has worked completely because the the motivation for this kid is not leaving their mom, not leaving their sister, yeah. not leaving their dog, not leaving their land. Well, I think it'd be really cool to continue this conversation regarding, mm-hmm. you know, the the groups or your foundation's participation in the youth and how you're kind of keeping the kids uh, local and giving opportunities. So why don't we do that? We'll, we'll uh, break here. Okay. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? Rotary is a great place to get involved in your community and meet passionate groups of people, as well as individuals dedicated to service and fellowship. At Rotary, we believe in the power of teamwork to bring positive change. As a member, you will have the opportunity to participate in exciting projects that address local and global challenges. From supporting educational initiatives to environmental conservation, we tackle it all. Joining a Rotary Club means becoming part of a diverse family of individuals who share a passion for giving back and having fun while making positive impact. With projects and events that enrich your community, there's something for everyone, from local initiatives to international collaborations. It doesn't matter what culture or country you come from. What matters is that you want to belong to a group that strengthens communities and creates lasting change. There's a place for everyone at Rotary, regardless of age or background. Learn more by searching for a Rotary Club in your community and visiting. Together, let's make a difference. Rotary People of Action. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite, favorite, favorite podcast platforms and and you look us up by looking up, searching for service on any of those platforms. Give us some five gold stars. You know, you know the thing. You, you say yeah. it, Chad. You know, we also have a YouTube channel. We love if you share it, uh, like it, subscribe. And uh, you can find us just about anywhere searching for service. And you get to see all of our faces. Be- because some of you are watching us on YouTube, I want you to understand that Joe literally has it right in front <laughs> of his face. Like I wrote it out for him. 
But nevertheless, we still like to it's a add them. <laughs> um, if you are tuning in for the first time, we have Bernice Cunningham. He is the executive director and founder of Planting Change Foundation. Um, if if it is your first time tuning in, please do yourself a favor and go and listen in to the last um, two segments so you can get to know Bernice and then understand what Planting Change Foundation is exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we were talking about uh, the youth, and, and then we kind of got into immigration. And um, a- as you're working with the youth, you know, obviously it's you're a few years in or a couple of years in. How has it evolved over time as maybe where you started to where you're going and where you, you plan to continue to engage with youth there? Okay, so the, the main reasons that we start working with the youth is because we started working in education with a simple idea, if you change the kids, you change the world. And basically, the place where you build in the society are the schools. There is where you build in your society in every yeah. country of the world. So we are, we know that these are the individuals lab center, the schools, and our education system is not designed to educate you. That's the first things that we need to know. They're not designed to educate you. They're designed to program you to, to live the certain life that the system wants you to live. So mm-hmm. we want to change that. And that's why we focus in uh, environmental education to see why why the, the environment is so important. Emotional education and financial education. We, need, we think those three uh, key elements will help the, the youth change. During all these years, we have so many success with the youths. And when you invest in a person from six years old, from seven, 12, 14, when they're 20, they're completely different persons. All of these kids have go to university. And I'm talking, uh, uh, we concentrate on the kids that have lack of opportunities. Like if you're born in a strong family with all the opportunities, but we're talking about kids that sometimes doesn't have a father, sometimes doesn't have a father or mother, they live in a really disaster condition, it's in a really poor conditions. So we want to focus on the kids that have zero opportunities. We want to focus on the kids that have uh, that life has not been judged ju- justice with them. And we tell them that life is, is not uh, it's not about justice. You could see it everywhere. It's not about justice, but we we can uh, work hard to get you opportunities. But it will be yourself. Um, uh, objectives. So the first thing that we tell the youth is like, nobody will save you. Nobody. Not me, not the Planting Change Foundation, not Seneca, not your teacher, not your dad. The only one responsible for you is you. Is it. And if you want to, to grow, if you want to get all the opportunities, you have to be disciplined, you have to be ordered, you have to think in positive. Because uh, we, one of the ways that we have so much success is changing the mindset because when you're born in the streets when you're born in a really poor things when you're born with violence you know in 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 this in these areas of life you find a lot of horrible things that happen to these kids abuses in all kinds of ways so to fight this is a really psychological project where we try to take them to if you take them to a nice restaurant just that experience in their life is completely different because they change their mindset. They say, Oh my God, I, I, I'm value. 
and value I could come to this place. So we it's a it's a project that we try to give them the best the best experience. We we take them to travel and we talk about them and how they are responsible for the life. And then right now we're working in a scholarship program where we send them to universities, the ones that are are more big. So it's it's a mindset program for the for the youth. Interesting. I, so forgive me if you connected the dots here, but can you share maybe again the connection to Rotary and one, how that connection started, like how it came to fruition, and then what that support looks like for planting change? Okay. The, the first person that I met, uh, it was Rick Haiti. Uh, Rick from Minnesota from the Lyft program. He called us and uh, about a, a well, a well mm-hmm. in El Corozo, uh, in a Zoom call, uh, because they were they were trying to build this well for uh, several years. But the organization that uh, was working with them was not ex- their expertise was not well. So we start talking and we talk about the Rotarian values and we were really really aligned. Mm-hmm. With these values, and we we make this this well. Now we have different programs with the Rotarian. I want to talk a little bit about what we're doing right now at the moment with the Rotary Club. Sure. And we're doing an agriculture program, and in the lift program, okay. and we're preparing a global grant. This global grant basically is going to create a thing that we call the Small Agriculture Logistic Hub and seat back center. And what this means? This means that there's a lot of people uh, that have, that are vulnerable, but they have land. They have a lot of land because we have a revolution in the 80s in Nicaragua. So a lot of the small farmers have land. But what happened is what happened in most of the country. The intermediaries take advantage of them. They, they produce beans. They produce uh, apples. They produce uh, orange. But someone in the middle of Walmart or some of these big companies come and they pay the price that they want to pay because the producer doesn't have a truck to take the the the, the, the products, the crops out of the land. So what mm. this ba- basically this project wants to do with the Rotarian in 2024 is to create a logistic hub mm. and a seed cool. bank center. So we're going to give seeds to them. They're going to produce. They're not going to produce any kind of seeds. They're going to produce seeds that we already identified in the market that have strong value, and that is is easy to export. That they don't need too much water, and that doesn't hurt the system. And we we are environmentalists, so we don't work with transgenics, for example. We don't work with pesticides, and we don't work work with any agro agrochemics that hurt the land. Hmm. And that's one of our philosophy. It's not easy. I'm going to tell you, it's not easy to do it. It's super hard yeah. to do it. Everybody uh, don't don't like it too much in the producer side, but we're we're working on that. Yeah. Do you got? Do you get a lot of heat for that then too? You probably can't yeah, talk a lot about politics, right? But I'm sure, I'm sure you get a lot of heat for that because um, this day and age, all you see is uh, pesticides and all that stuff that's being used in regards to agriculture. So, well, like I, like he said, short term it works, but long term right? it it destroys the environment yeah, I mean, so much and poisons other things. So, yeah. Well, I'm. It's a it's a great mission, and I think it's a really really creative way to create economy 
within those local communities that wasn't there before. And it sounds like it's been exploited globally um, mm-hmm. because of that, because they don't have the ability to ship their product out or the, you know, simply a truck. Yeah. No. You know, and you, you mentioned something earlier and you said, you know, I know $5,000, you know, for the well doesn't seem like a lot in the U.S. I flipped that around and I was like, wait a second. $5,000 is all that it cost and whatever. Maybe that doesn't consider the, the ongoing cost, right? But I'm like, mm-hmm. $5,000 and all those people drink water? Yeah. Like how, how, does, how does that uh, – like Compute? Yeah. Like <laughs> it seems like that that just seems like a, a great cause and low-hanging fruit to use our agriculture mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to, to go after because, man, $5,000 and it impacted probably hundreds of people. Oh, yeah, I, I want to clear out clear. The, the project was a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Okay, okay, okay. Thank <laughs> you. I was like, to, is second. it to like oh, operate it then? That was like what they have in uh, reserves. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, the project confused. was hundred twenty thousand dollars, and this this was spent in the drilling. Yeah, that was one of the yeah. most expensive because it was. 1,000 meters down the ground, and it was sending all the infrastructure, tubes, meters, connect to all the 700 houses. What I mean wow. about the $5,000 is that after we, we invest this this money, you need to pay money to keep this project going yeah. because you need electricity to give water to all the people. And usually what happens in a lot of projects that you just go and give, if you could spend whatever amount of money, but then the people could not man- maintain yeah. the, mm-hmm. the project. So the $5,000 are related to operational costs that, is, that, gotcha. the, people, that the people have, have uh, accomplished. How long does that $5,000 last them? It's just the reserve. Okay. It means that they, they cover all the, the payments monthly, yep. Yep. but they save money. They, it's a, Got it's it. a okay. reserve. Got it. Yep. Gotcha. Reserve. They, they're not spending it. Tracking now. <laughs> yeah. So we have just about 30 seconds here. I think one of the main things that we want our listeners to do is um, know a good way that they can connect with you or support you uh, for that matter. Could you share in about 30 seconds what that could look like for them? Yes. Please go to our website, plantingchangefoundation.com. And we're working in a crowdfunding right now to um, uh, finance our 2024 educational program. I will share the links with you in, in email Perfect. if you could share it with, with anyone and we could put yep. it in the, in, the, in the audience. I think those two things are, are two specific things that you could help us. And please go to our website so you could know more about our projects. Perfect. Yeah, I'll put those in the description as you're listening so you'll see the links that uh, he mentioned. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Show off your Rotary Club spirit with Russell Hampton Company. They're the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary items. They make everything like hats, jackets, shirts, banners, and more. Russell Hampton Company is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business founded in 1920 by a member of the first-ever Rotary Club in Chicago, Club Number 1. When you call Russell Hampton Company, you get more than just a company, you get a fellow Rotarian-owned business who's there to help. No matter if you're ordering for your entire club or just yourself, no order is too big or too small. Not sure what your club needs? Their team members can help and customize just about anything. They live by the Rotary 4-Way Test. 
They also give 10% of all purchases back to Rotary to support Rotary's global work. So remember, Russell Hampton Company is your one-stop shop for all things Rotary. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Russell Hampton Company, Rotarians serving Rotarians. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build good? Will it better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing right now was performed by the Rotary Club of Saskatoon, Natuna in Canada. When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... We also have a YouTube channel. We love if you share, like, and subscribe. And how do they find us? Uh, you can find us by looking up Searching for Service in that search bar. Wonderful. Perfect. Wonderful. Um, we're in our last segment here for Searching for Service, and we have Bernice Cunningham, who is the executive director and founder of Planting Change Foundation. You're going to want to go back and listen to the last three segments um, because uh, this is a pretty impactful foundation, so you'll want to understand what that means. Um, but Bernice, in this last segment, we really like to – discuss um, in this in this circumstance with you being the founder of Planting Change Foundation, what the future holds. So um, what let's actually start off with what your role could look like within the organization looking forward. Okay, so our organization right now has 10, 10 persons working, 26 volunteers. We have five, six people in our board. We have a uh, networks international we have a lot of support international every single finance organization that have finance uh, projects are financing again one thing that i want to mention is we don't do a lot of projects we do just projects that are have a key impact so one of the things that we want to focus the most is keep fighting for our environment our environment is under attack by mm -hmm. the extractivist industry who are the extractivist industry mining oil in all these industries, we want to have uh, the best consciences to people, especially in the Latin America region, and how valued their resources are. We understand that water is going to be a security, national security thing for all the countries in the world. Mm -hmm. So we need to keep water uh, completely safe, that in a really big strategic environmental conservation things. But there's not going to be no, we, we understood this in the last year, there's no going to be no um, uh, environmental protection with, without social justice. Because when we go to a community and we start talking about climate change, the kids look at us like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? I don't have food. What are you talking about climate change? What are you talking about garbage? Are you insane? 
Mm-hmm. I don't have food. I don't have a father. I don't have. I, I, I'm, I'm suffering violence. So the way to to save and to protect our world is with social justice. Is to give. And social justice is not giving stuff. It's not charity. Social justice is giving dignity to the human beings, giving dignity to the people, giving the people the opportunities that they need to grow. That is what social justice from our perspective is, giving back the dignity of the people. So we are, we, we believe in this. We believe in struggling in this. We have a team that believes strongly in this. I always tell my team, we, we're not looking for followers. We're looking for leaders. We need leaders here to lead this process. So every single person that is an organization our leaders, they're all very young. We, we, we hired a lot of people from last year of the university. We have ec- economists, biologists, engineers, economic uh, lawyers. We have a big diverse group. We have 26 volunteers and they all have one thing in mind is giving back people dignity. And one of the biggest things that we want to focus the most hard is to stop immigration, stop immigration from, from our countries. We don't want our people to leave. We want, the opportunities to be created here. And of course, the U.S. could help us, but it could help us with investment. It could help us with jobs. And that's the way that, that you, you could help. Like if you want to stop immigration, please help and invest in a small community business. It's not going to take a lot of money. And there's, these businesses could have the families together. We understand that this job's not going to be easy and we're probably going to invest the rest of our life doing this. But we are ready. We're ready to do it. And if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. If we don't do it now, when we're going to do it? So we are. Um, we understand very clear the. I, I like this this word. The spirit of the times. The spirit mm-hmm. of the times are very complex. A lot of wars. A lot of injustice going around. But we could not join the uh, the the helpless um, system. We have to fight the system and we have to bring justice and dignity to the people in our countries. Yeah, I want you to uh, think it's the year 2030. So what have you accomplished in 2030? Like what, what's going to be some big, yeah. ha- big, hairy goal that you're going to accomplish by then? Thank you so much for this question. That's our strategic plan. <laughs> so first, 50% of the people where we work, uh, are less poor, are not poor anymore. Like in the 10 communities that we are right now, 50% of that community is not poor anymore. How we accomplish that? Investment and uh, productivity and financial education because we could give some people the opportunity to, to get income, but since they just learn how to spend and spend and spend, it's not going to work. It doesn't matter how much. It's like when you, you know when people win the lottery, Yep. They, they don't stay rich. They don't stay rich <laughs> because they don't have financial education. So we combine financial education, emotional education with income. So if we have these three aspects, we want to eliminate 50% of the poor people that in the communities that we are working. By two ter- 2030, we respect to work at least in 50 communities. Uh, by 2030, we, we want to have half percent of the private school system in Nicaragua. And we have, we want to have a bigger team and we definitely want to connect more the U.S. with Latin America. We want to make a stronger connections. You need to, you, you, you need to come here. You need to come visit the, the communities. Maybe we do a postcard from, from our community. That will be an amazing <laughs> opportunity. Lloyd's so watching this right here. now going, yep. Yep. <laughs> 
From here, we have sun, we have the beach, we have a lot of a lot of things that you definitely will like. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the invitation. We'll we'll take you up <laughs> <Yeah>, on <about> it. <laughs> Especially in the winter months uh, <laughs> up here. <laughs> yeah. There's a trip in March. There's a trip coming from Minnesota in March that Rick Halick from the Lift program is organizing. So there's okay. an opportunity to come in March. So think about it. We're going to go to all the. All the projects, you're going to, to see the well, you're going to see the agriculture, you're going to see the youths that build the restaurants. You could talk to them and tell them the experience. They're rural communities, they're mountains, the food is amazing, no transgenics, nothing that is synthetic. You will you will taste real, real, real food from Nicaragua. That's right up my alley. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, Bernice, just selfishly, can you rattle off that um, gentleman's name again? Where is he from? Rick Hadick. Rick Hadick is from the Lyft program, the Rotary Club, Rotary Club in Minnesota. Okay, Lyft program. And okay. I can... yeah. Sounds like a nice opportunity to have him on the podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> make those like make the connections. Absolutely. So, any pat, any last words of wisdom, or how about anybody that's here looking to get into service? Do you have any? Uh, um, recommendations for them since you kind of jumped right into it after uh, changing course in your career? Yes. Uh, my recommendation is life is short. If you don't like your job, quit now and try to do what you love. And when you, this is in the Bible, I'm a very, I'm a Catholic person. And in the Bible say that God always give you more when you give. And this is totally true. When you mm -hmm. give, when you give uh, without any intentions, without any hiding intentions, your life change. When you love your job, you don't have to work anymore in your life because you you just love what you do. So try to focus in what, what you love. Uh, there's a lot of injustice in the world. And we, uh, the good people, the people with values have to fight this because we are mm -hmm. the majority. The bad people are just a small group. So we need to, to, to keep together and especially trying to fight a lot for the dignity of the people and realize that we will not be here without the opportunities that our parents give us, that our country give us, that our economics give us. And there's a lot of people that sometimes we judge, but there have no opportunities. So please join Help Latin America, help us stop immigration and help us keep the family united here. Visit our website. And yes, that will be my, my last message. Awesome. Bernice, it's been an honor to have you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so Very much. Nice. Thank you for tuning in to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. It's time to stop searching. And start serving. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.